Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by Students For You. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 24 of the quarantine edition of my show. Today I have just three sports segments. I'm going to talk about the All-Canadian Division that's being proposed in the National Hockey League. I'm also going to talk about the UEFA Champions League match day as well as a very important El Clasico in La Liga that had huge implications on the standings. But today I'm going to start with the NFL and I know normally the first six weeks anyway I've been doing my NFL recaps where I go through every single game and just talk about them for a little bit. But this week it's going to be a little bit different just because Instead of doing an NFL recap for every single game of Week 7, I have decided to do a little, you know, stepping back and reviewing. Because at the beginning of the NFL season, I did kind of a, a little tiered list to preview the season as far as took it, taking each team in the conference and putting them in a category. So I have the favorites category, the teams that are most likely to win the div like most likely to win the conference. I have the contender category which is, you know, not quite as good as the favorites but still could very well win the conference. The dark horse category which is designed for teams that could make some noise but, you know, still have some question marks, still have, you know, something to prove. The limbo category which I've made very broad because a team in the limbo category could either be a mediocre team trying to find their voice. It could be a team that, you know, is overachieving by their record. It could be a team that's underachieving by their record. There's kind of a lot of leeway in the limbo category. And then finally, there's the rebuild category. And so this is for the teams that quite obviously are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. And they need kind of a complete reset on their team or... And this is the other distinction. They're already in a complete reset for their team. So those are my categories. And so taking a look at how I did in week one and how things have held up, it's a little bit interesting. So I'll start with the NFC. So this was what I did. This was September 7th. These were my categories for the NFC. So in the favorite category, I had the San Francisco 49ers. They were obviously... The defending NFC champions almost won the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. I have moved the 49ers down in my updated tier list. I have the 49ers in the contender category. And this isn't because San Francisco got like suddenly a lot worse. It's because they got really injured and they lost some really important players to injuries, specifically on the defensive line, they lost Solomon Thomas, who's a very solid player for them, and Nick Bosa, who I think was maybe the best defensive player in the entire league. So losing those players really hurt the 49ers. I still think this is a good team, but they're not as good as they were a year ago, and I don't think they're among the favorites category, at least at the halfway point here of the NFL season. Looking back to my September 7th, predictions. So I had a lot of teams in the NFC contender category. I had the Seattle Seahawks, the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
and I made this caveat because of their division, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Vikings. Well, I was way off on two of those. <laughs> so Dallas and Minnesota, I'll get to in a minute, but I think you can guess where I'm going to put those two teams. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks, I'll start with the two of them, because I have moved them up into the favorite category here at the halfway point of the season. So the two teams I have in the favorites spot, I have the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seattle has Russell Wilson playing like the MVP of the league right now. I think he's probably the best player in the league as currently stands. I know he had some bad interceptions against Arizona this past week, but if you look at his overall performances, he's been unbelievable. And you know, even though he made some mistakes on Sunday Night Football, I mean, that throw to Tyler Lockett, oh my goodness, just no one else can make that throw, the, the one he made to Lockett in the double coverage. Unbelievable. But I have Tampa Bay in here as well because it took them a little while to get going, right? They were pretty unconvincing those first few weeks of the season. But Tampa Bay is starting to figure it out, and Tom Brady has turned that team around. Tampa Bay looks like the best team in football. Their front seven is exceptional. Their secondary is playing way better than I thought they would this season. And their wide receivers are figuring it out with Brady. Rob Gronkowski, you know, has some moments of renaissance from his prime days in New England. And the offensive line's holding up really well. The only real thing that Tampa Bay's struggling with this season is actually throws deep down the field which could come back to bite them if they have to play the Seahawks in the playoffs, which could very well happen. But I have to think that right now, of all the teams in the NFL, because everyone has a weakness, I think Tampa Bay is the most complete team in the league. Their offense is figuring it out, and they look very good, and their front seven on defense is among the best in the entire NFL. Okay, uh, the other team that, or the two teams, I should say, that I put in the contender category on September 7th, I had the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay I've put alongside San Francisco in the contender category, so I'm keeping them in the same place. Green Bay is still a good team, but it feels like when they play the other really good teams, they tend to lose and lose badly. Like I have some concern with Green Bay when they have to play a good front seven and they have to play a team that can certainly score at the same pace they can. So Green Bay is still a good team, but definitely some concerns on their end. And then the Saints I've actually dropped quite a bit. And so I'll, I'll get to them in just a second, but I'm going to start with the Dark Horse category. So this is my mid-season update Dark Horse category in the NFC. I have the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm keeping them in the same position because Arizona and Chicago look good most of the time, but they have some flaws. Chicago's offense was very much exploited for its lack of just explosiveness against the Rams. And Arizona's defense has certainly been picked apart more than once this season. So I like the Cardinals. I like the Bears. I think they're probably playoff teams. But at this moment, I have to put them below some of those other teams because they just need to prove a little bit more to me before I'd move them up. 
And then the next category is the limbo category in the NFC. So the limbo category, I have two teams. I have the LA Rams and the New Orleans Saints. And I, I know you might think to yourself, but the Rams are five and two and the Saints are four and two. And why are they in the limbo category? Well, because I don't really believe in either team. New Orleans has scraped out wins by the skin of their teeth and they have a bad Michael Thomas situation going on right now where he's like injured but then he got in a fight and like punched a teammate in practice like just the Saints are finding ways to win which I give them credit for but I don't think this is a Super Bowl team they feel like they're in a little bit of a limbo state where they're supposed to be a contender but they're not acting or showcasing that at all and the LA Rams and I realize they beat the Bears pretty convincingly on Monday Night Football, which I will give them credit for. But the Rams' four out of their five wins were against the NFC East, which is the worst division in NFL history. And I'll get to them in a second. But that's kind of the main reason I don't have the Rams any higher. And I have them in the limbo category. So just to quickly recap, I have the Seahawks and the Buccaneers in my updated favorites category, the Packers and 49ers in my contenders category, the Bears and Cardinals in my Dark Horse category, the Rams and Saints in my Limbo category. So that means there's a lot of teams in the Rebuild category. So here we go. Just like I did on September 7th, the Washington football team, the New York Giants, and the Carolina Panthers are all still in the Rebuilding category. But Carolina, and the reason why I have Carolina in the Rebuilding category, it's not because they're a bad team, because they're definitely not. But it's pretty obvious that Carolina is still about a year away before they're a serious contender. But I do like where Carolina is going. They're on the right path for sure. Can't say the same for the football team and the Giants. But anyway, the Vikings I have in the rebuild category. I had them originally in the contender category. Wow, was I way wrong on that. And then I have the Dallas Cowboys in the contender category. Wow, was I way off on that. And partly, part of that is Dak Prescott got injured, but their defense might be the worst defense in NFL history. And so Dallas and Minnesota are in the rebuild category because they are nowhere near a Super Bowl, even if they had health on their team as well. The Atlanta Falcons, I've moved down from the limbo category to the rebuilding category. They finally got rid of Dan Quinn and they got rid of their GM. So I have to put the Falcons in the rebuild category. And then the last team, my Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that, you know, I realize where Philly is right now. They are first place in the NFC East. But to me, that doesn't mean anything. Because the Eagles' record is 2-4-1. and 2-4-1. and one. And they're in a playoff spot because... I guess someone has to win the division, but the entire NFC East is so bad that, you know, I don't even know if it's worth making the playoffs because these, all of these teams need complete resets or at least reloads of some kind because the Giants are nowhere close to contending. The Eagles are nowhere close. The Cowboys are nowhere close and the football team is nowhere close. So Philly is in the rebuild category and they firmly deserve to be. I don't care if they make the playoffs as the one seed in the, NFC East because that is not an accomplishment in any way this season okay with that off my chest the AFC time so going back to my September 7th look at the AFC 
In the favorites category, I had two teams. I had the Ravens and the Chiefs. I got rid of the Ravens. So the Chiefs are sitting there by themselves in the favorites category. And I know you might say to yourself, well, why aren't the Steelers there? They're undefeated. Yeah, but the Chiefs are the best team. I think, like, Kansas City lost to the Raiders, but I don't think that was a sign of any kind of weakness out of Kansas City. I think it was just an off game, and they happen sometimes. In the contender category, though, I do have, in my updated version, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Titans. So the Titans were originally in my contender category on September 7th, and so they're staying in the same place. The Steelers I had in the limbo category, they have proven me wrong, so I've moved them up to the contender category. And then the Ravens I've moved down from favorite to contender because it looks like Baltimore, that Kansas City loss on Monday night, has kind of shook them a little bit offensively and they're gonna have to figure it out i really like that in the uh ingakwe trade they made to pick up another very good pass rusher but until they prove me otherwise baltimore is going to be in the contender category and not the favorite category the dark horse category i have a lot of teams in my updated version in the original version i had denver and houston neither one are there anymore and i currently have the miami the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Vegas Raiders. So Vegas was originally in the limbo category. I've moved them up. They've impressed me quite a lot this season. I know they still have some deficiencies. They have some flaws in this team. But the Raiders could be a playoff team. They could be. The Colts were another team I had in the limbo category. I moved them up into the dark horse category for my updated version. The Colts defense has been exceptional and Phillip Rivers has let them down. That's pretty much their team this season, but their defense is really good. So they might be able to be, make the playoffs just on the back of the defense. The bills I had in the contender category, I moved them down that game against the Jets. I mean, the Jets have been blown up by everybody this season, except for Denver, who had to play their third-string quarterback against them. And so to see the Bills win 18-10, to and they, they only won because Sam Darnold threw terrible interceptions in this game for the Jets. Buffalo, just since they got blown out by Tennessee, they have not been the same team. And so they get New England this week, which, by the way, for the Patriots, absolute must win. I'll get to the Pats in a second, though, but... The Cleveland Browns are here because of their record. I'm not super convinced with them, but they could be a playoff team. So they're in my dark horse category. And Miami is here because of one thing and one thing only. Tua Tungo-Vailoa. He is very much a wild card to me because I've never seen him play an NFL game. So if Tua plays well, Miami could make the playoffs. If he doesn't, then they probably won't. And then the limbo category. So the Broncos and Texans, who I had originally in the dark horse category, they have been moved down into the limbo category because Denver, through injuries and through inconsistent quarterback play, you have to question where this team is going a little bit. Houston, outside of their quarterback, you have to question what is happening with this team. And thank God they got rid of Bill O'Brien, but it's going to take a while to undo all the mistakes he made. And then the New England Patriots are here. The Patriots I actually originally had in the limbo category, and so they're staying in the same place. New England looked pretty good to start the season, but then Cam Newton seems to have not recovered properly from COVID because 
I'm willing to bet there's some kind of long-lasting effect for him of some kind because he has not been the same player since he got COVID. And the Patriots, they don't look very good. They look like a team that had the same problems a year ago, but this year they have trouble stopping the run. So not good for the Patriots. And so they're staying firmly put in the limbo category. And then the rebuild category. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the LA Chargers. All three of these teams were originally in my rebuilding category. And I know you're thinking, oh, but there's one team missing. There sure is, because I added one specific category just for them, and that is the 0-16 category, and that's the New York Jets. <laughs> the Jets are the only team that's still winless, and I think they probably will finish winless. I just don't see where the Jets are going to get a win this season. And so, probably going to get Trevor Lawrence. And if Trevor Lawrence is everything that people think he's going to be, then the Jets might be in a good position. But Anyway, that's it. That's all I got for NFL. That's a little bit of an update. So you see, I had some misses. I had some hits. But overall, I think I did all right as far as placing the teams at the beginning of the season. And so now we have an update. And very quickly, I'll just recap the AFC again. Chiefs are the favorites in the category by themselves. Contender category, Titans, Steelers, Ravens, Dark Horse, uh, Dolphins, Browns, Bills, Colts, Raiders. The Limbo category, Broncos, Texans, Patriots. And the Rebuild category, Jaguars, Bengals, Chargers. And the 0-16 category, the Jets. All right, on to soccer. So the UEFA Champions League finished up match day one last week. And there's too many games for me to talk about every single one of them, but just some notable results. Man United, Marcus Rashford scored a beautiful goal to win them the match against PSG. A little bit of an upset there in their group, in Group H, to start things out for them. Uh, Sevilla got a very impressive nil-nil draw with Chelsea at uh, Stamford Bridge, so good for them for evening up that group very nicely. And Bayern Munich slaughtered Atletico. Real Madrid shockingly lost to Shakhtar Donetsk. Did not see that one coming whatsoever. And then Liverpool at Atlanta taking care of business. There are games going on right now. Bayern Munich leads 2-1, to, or sorry, 1-2-1, um, to one, I should say. And then we have some other matchups starting, which should be pretty exciting to keep an eye on. Intertide, so that's their second tide of the Champions League. They tied 0-0 today with Shakhtar to next. And finally, the Champions League. This was the other soccer note I wanted to get to. So the UEFA, oh sorry, not the Champions League. My apologies. El Clasico. So El Clasico is the big matchup between Real Madrid and Barcelona in La Liga. And Real Madrid won again. They won this one 3-1 over Barcelona. And... Barcelona are pretty far down in the league right now to start this season. Real Madrid, though, fully, fully deserving winners of El Clasico. Karim Benzema, I think, did a really good job in setting up that opening goal four minutes into the match. And so Madrid got off to a very nice start thanks to that. Although I have to admit that it was terrible defending by the one, the only Sergio Busquets of Barcelona because... He did not track his runner whatsoever, and to be honest, Busquets might be past it. Like, he, he's not been the same player for the last couple of seasons, and I've noticed a legit decline from him. 
Barcelona were able to answer back, though, thanks to Messi playing a beautiful ball through for Jordi Alba, who squared it across for Ansu Fati, who has scored his second Clasico goal of his career to tie the game up 1-1. Sergio Ramos then got his shirt just ripped off him almost. <laughs> PK was pretty bad for that. And so Sergio Ramos stepped up and scored the penalty kick that came from that. Madrid had a lot of other chances to score after that, but they scored thanks to nice little play from Luka Modric, who sealed the deal 3-1, the final score. Overall, this game, Madrid, like I said, very deserving winners of this Clasico match because a lot of the defending issues that Barcelona had against Bayern Munich in that Champions League game in August, I saw a lot of the same things, and it's because they haven't addressed their defense, and I realize... In a COVID world, and, you know, you don't have as much money to spend. It's hard, but Barcelona's got to be better. That defense is so bad. Busquets wasn't tracking runners at all. PK just can't mark players anymore. Like, he, he, seemingly his ability to defend has just evaporated. It really has. And, you know, he's not the only one, right? There's a lot of issues with the Barcelona defense, but a lot of them on display again, not marking properly, not, you know, covering the passing lanes, not getting rid of the ball, you know, they're not, they're just not the team they were a few years ago, and with Messi almost certainly going to leave this summer, uh, like this upcoming summer for Manchester City, it's, it's going to be a dark time, there's going to be some rough, rough seasons ahead for Barcelona, I think. Anyway, that's it for soccer. On to my last little thing, and that is the little bit of hockey I wanted to talk about today and the all-Canadian division. So for those who might not have heard what happened with this, the NHL season is still, you know, very much up in the air as far as when the next season will start. There's been talks about, you know, January 1st. There's been talks about you know, February, maybe even March for the start time. I think the NHL will probably start sometime in January, but that's purely a guess. That's not based on any information. That's just a guess. But the NHL has to figure out how the season's going to work because there is still, you know, COVID kind of calling the shots. And there's also the problem of the U.S. American, or sorry, the Canadian American border because Right now, in order to come into Canada from the United States, uh, not only is, number one, the border closed, but, you know, even if athletes got permission to cross the border, they would have to, they would be subject, uh, excuse me, to a 14-day quarantine because, you know, the virus is kind of crazy down there in the United States. So, one solution to that has been to have a all-Canadian division, and I love this idea and i really really hope it happens and i know it would just be a temporary measure just for this upcoming season but i really want this because it would be pretty feasible in my opinion to make this work because you would have three american divisions so the metropolitan could say the same and then you could just combine the atlantic and the central and put whatever other central teams you want into the pacific division with the california teams and stuff like that but the all-Canadian division, you could have all of seven Canadian teams in the same division and just playing each other the whole year. And so you could have Calgary and Edmonton play each other like seven times this season. You could have Montreal-Toronto play each other like seven times. 
it would be great for the rivalries. It would be great hockey. It would be great drama. And it would be exciting because the Canadian division, I think, would be really close. Because if you look at the landscape of the current Canadian teams in the NHL, Toronto's a, you know, playoff team that can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. Calgary's a playoff team that can't, or a playoff team that can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. Vancouver made a pretty good run, but lost a lot of players. And so, you know, they're still a pretty good viable team. Winnipeg still has a lot of the core members of the team that went to the playoffs not that long ago. And Edmonton was going to be a playoff team this year before they got blown up by Chicago in the bubble. But the Oilers were, you know, doing well in the standings. And then you have the Montreal Canadiens that, I mean... To be honest, with the moves they've made this offseason in free agency, Montreal might be the deepest forward group in the entire league. I still have a little bit of concern about their high-end talent, but there is no doubting they have maybe the best third and fourth lines in hockey at the forward position. So, Ottawa's kind of the only outlier here to some degree, where Ottawa's kind of the team that, okay, Ottawa's not that good. They're still rebuilding. They're still trying to find themselves. But of the other six teams, between Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal, with those six teams, any number of them, like, let's just say for argument's sake that four out of the seven Canadian teams in the Canadian division make the playoffs, just for argument's sake, you're going to have two teams there that are really upset they don't make it, because every single one of those six teams I mentioned has playoff aspirations. Obviously, Ottawa would probably be the seventh team, and, you know... Ottawa's just not that good. But Montreal expects to be in the playoffs. Toronto expects to be in the playoffs. Winnipeg expects to be. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary all expect to be in the playoffs. Could be a lot of fun. And I would love to see the rivalries renewed. And it would be, I think, a very good solution to the border crossing problem the NHL has. And so I really, really hope it happens. But that's it. That's all I got. For today, I want to thank everybody for listening in to my show. And so, once again, to everybody out there, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe, everybody.